Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here, and you're listening to the CFI podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. So what does it take to be the most valuable CFI? That's the topic of today's CFI podcast. What is happening? M0A Nation, Jason here again. It's my favorite podcast. I can't hide it anymore. I tell everybody. I have a big mouth. The CFI podcast. I look at this as this is the podcast with the least amount of listens, the least amount of views. It is still my all-time favorite podcast because although the listenership, the viewership is smaller than our other three podcasts, let me tell you, you all are the diehards. You are flight instructors who are finding time to better yourself and pursue today's topic, which is to be a more valuable, the MVP CFI, more acronyms, right? The most valuable CFI. I guess MVP CFI doesn't make sense. Most valuable person CFI. That's like when someone says, hey, can you go to the ATM machine? Automated teller machine machine. It just doesn't. Some of these things that they they bug me. Or did you say that to the ATC controller, air traffic controller controller? Anyways, not that's not on topic today. Today we're going to talk how you can be the most valuable CFI, MVCFI. There's your acronym, uh, and that's what we're going to share about here today. And I'm going to dive right into it. Stop rambling and honor your time here. How can we add value as a CFI to our learners, right? Let's, let's help each other start using the word learners rather than students. And I believe there's a multitude of ways. It is a competitive market for the regular old CFI who flies a 172 or a, a, the new Pilot 100 trainer or whatever. Airplane single engine land, let's call it, is a competitive market because there's so many flight instructors that do it. I know when I was learning to fly helicopters, I had to drive about 45 minutes to find a helicopter CFI, because there's just not as many with a helicopter, by the way. But to find a helicopter CFI with a helicopter took a 45 minute drive one way to earn my rotorcraft uh, certificates and ratings. So you can add value and that's where we're going to start today i'm not saying go out and become a helicopter cfi that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying here is let's start to brainstorm let's let this podcast be a mastermind session instead let's start to brainstorm some ideas on how you can add value and i'll give you some examples I was very, very lucky from my early mentor, Joel, the same mentor who gave me that traffic job that I just spoke about in the Commercial Pilot Podcast, which again, I, 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 I'm sure the comments hopefully show this. Traffic was a great, great job for me. I wasn't knocking traffic. I'm just saying in my previous podcast, there are ways to build more quality time is what I was, what I was alluding to. But Joel, uh, again, I was very, very blessed early on, gave me my tailwheel. And we talked about earning that tailwheel that we talked about in the private pod podcast. It was in a Piper Vagabond, squirrely little tailwheel, but man, it taught you to be a stick and rudder tailwheel pilot, no doubt. So having my tailwheel early on, other than Joel at the Craig airport, I was it for a flight instructor with a tailwheel endorsement. So if somebody needed a tailwheel endorsement or insists on learning to fly in a tailwheel plane, I actually had a learner, back then we called them students, who had a super decathlon. It was his father's super decathlon. He was learning to fly. He said, well, my dad has a plane, mine's learning to fly it. 
right? Dad wasn't a CFI, so I taught him in the Super Decathlon. Did all the checkride prep, had to go through the due diligence of finding a checkride examiner comfortable in a Super Decathlon, tailwheel current, everything. There was a lot of little loopholes we had to jump through, but I was it for that market. What are some other opportunities? Well, do you have your complex that used to just be a, be a given, right? You're a CFI, of course you have your complex, but now in the days of TAA, technically advanced aircraft, right? You could continue on and not have a complex till much later on in your training. How about something like a high performance endorsement as well? These are things, now obviously you need to have the aircraft. Now you don't need to physically have it, but you need to have access to this aircraft, whether it's to a club or a school, to issue this training. I actually remember, I, um, I didn't do my MEI right away. So you all know me, I went hodgepodge, I earned my commercial, then did my single eye, then did my double eye, then did my multi-engine, and I kind of bounced back and forth through all this. I didn't jump right into multi-engine instructor. At the time, I was the only multi-engine student at my school when I was doing multi-engine, and we already had a multi-engine instructor. There was only one. Typically, you only need one multi-engine instructor unless you're at some really big uh, type outfit of a flight school. So I saw multi-engine instructor as, wow, multi-engine was really expensive. You know, this was the, you know, paying out of pocket for such, sorry for the airplanes flying over if you can hear that. Um, you know, paying out of pocket for this multi-engine was so expensive. I couldn't imagine, like, oh, it's only, you know, five, six, seven hours is all it'll take. I'm thinking five, six, seven hours in a seminal at 500 bucks an hour. I can't swing that right now. So I passed on earning my multi-engine instructor until later. And also the market for it was I was the only student. That multi-engine instructor uh, had to actually pay to rent the seminal from another, another flight school to go get current in it because he hadn't done any training in the Seminole in a while. So it was like just two rusty pilots. That was a little scary to think about. Now I, now I say it that way, but the market just wasn't there. So I didn't earn my MEI right away, but maybe you're in a place where there's a multi-engine aircraft, but no multi-engine instructor. And like I shared on the commercial pod podcast, if you listen to that as well, multi-engine time is like gold, right? Multi-engine time is valuable. We all want multi-engine time, but it's expensive. So becoming a multi-engine instructor could do that if the market supports that. Then there's other interesting things. Look at what Cirrus has done to the market. Cirrus created their own in-house level of certification called a CSIP. Just a Cirrus standardized instructor is all it is. It is no different, and, and Cirrus fans, and Cirrus if you're listening, this is, this is not a knock, this is just a business analysis, right? It is no different than when BMW came out with the BMW Certified Mechanic. Well, listen, if I owned a BMW, you better believe, where am I gonna take it to? I'm gonna take it to the BMW Certified Mechanic. It's genius business. Cirrus just did the same thing. They made their Cirrus standardized instructors. And you know, uh, with the flight school, Magda and I were able to invest in Rexair. Uh, it is a Cirrus train center, so we have a CSIP there, fantastic guy. And boy, let me tell you something, is he ever busy? I know Naples is a unique market and a very high-end market, but let me tell you something, while I look at Flight Schedule Pro, our CSIP is in the top three of busiest flight instructors, and he only does one thing, Cirrus training. That's it. 
Now, he had to go to Knoxville or Duluth or wherever to earn that. And there was some some money outlaid on his part to go earn that. And I realized it's just an end. And you know what? You can't, and let me put this out there. You can be, just to clarify, I could go teach. I'm, I'm a flight instructor. I'm airplane single engine land. I could go teach in a Cirrus. A CSIP, just like anybody could probably work on your BMW, but you want the BMW certified mechanic. Any airplane single engine land CFI could teach you in your Cirrus. Having a CSIP is just someone who's gone deeper, someone who is, you know, gone to wax on, wax off, karate kid kind of stuff, right? They just know it at a better level. And, and you can honestly tell a difference, someone who knows the aircraft versus someone who just hops in any airplane. And speaking of that, there's nothing wrong with just hopping in any airplane for the most part. Can you diversify yourself? Now, not every aircraft has their, their CSIP or their BMW certified mechanic or whatever it is. Not every aircraft has that. But can you become the expert in that aircraft? A buddy of mine was, no, I'm sorry, was, is the, the, the foremost expert in bonanzas, anything bonanzas, new bonanzas, old bonanzas, it doesn't matter. This is your bonanza guy. In fact, look on, look on the internet and you will find this. If you've done any shopping for aircraft, I'll give you a really cool example. I have no affiliation. I've never spoken to this gentleman in my life, but I've been on his website before uh, because sometimes I go on, on twin Cessna kicks. Right now I'm currently on a, I was on the M600 kick. Now somehow I'm on a Cessna 421 kick. I don't, I don't know how that happened. I, 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 Magda said she wants a potty in the plane. The M600 doesn't have a potty in the plane. So on the twin Cessnas I went because I'm a uh, 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 Cheyenne and everything else a little too expensive or King Air is a little too expensive with the technology that I want right now. Anyways, I'm on this 421 kick and there's a gentleman, again, no affiliations, but I'm sure if you've searched twin Cessnas from a 310 on up, you've come across his website. It's Jerry Temple. And just search Jerry Temple twin, twin Cessna. And guess what Jerry Temple does? Twin Cessnas. That's it. He will sell them for you. He will help you find one. He will train you in it. He will, if you are doing something like a 421 that requires you or needs you to go to SimCom or flight safety, he will come down to flight safety or SimCom with you. He, it is this all-inclusive concierge level service of Twin Cessnas. And you better believe if I get any more serious, I think the market's way too hot right now to even touch an airplane. But if I get more serious about a 421, you can probably guess where I'm going. This gentleman has positioned himself as the expert in twin Cessnas. He knows all the ADs. He knows all the mechanics to have a, a you can get a mechanic that knows twin Cessnas to do a pre-buy. And you better believe you'll spend the money to put them on an airliner to fly them wherever that plane is. Because can any mechanic do a pre-buy? Absolutely. In fact, any A and P, you don't even need to be an IA to do a, do a pre-buy. But wouldn't you rather a twin Cessna person, someone who knows twin Cessnas forwards and backwards to do your pre-buy for you? Not just anybody who can check compressions. Like you want somebody who knows the ADs to know what to look for that's maybe going to end up doing your annuals on this thing. Now I'm going down a rabbit hole here, but I'm talking from a business standpoint. How can you make yourself unique in the marketplace? How do you do that? You know, look at, look at what we do even here at M0A. 
right? You all know us for our podcasts and our videos and our online ground school, but we have a way and we've, we've grown in our niche, right? Of a good pilot is always learning or take it a step further. Flight training simplified, flight training in plain English. What, think about it for a second. As you are building your own business model for a CFI, think about this. Why do you listen to M0A? Right now, you, are, you, are, you have 20 valuable minutes and you're choosing to spend them listening to me. Why? Well, Jason, you, you explain things much better than my CFI did. We hear that one a lot. Um, I, I love how you break things down. I love how you're clear and concise. Oh, you're whatever this is, right? And I don't need affirmations or anything like that. I'm, I'm good. I'm just sharing with you comments that I've read before. I'm not asking, I'm not asking for, for more. We're, we're great. We, we think we're here to help and serve you all right now. But many of you come here because, wow, it's, it's a unique teaching style. It's a unique perspective. It is plain English. It's a complex subject broken down into plain English. What's your niche? You can borrow off our niche. That doesn't break my heart. I think we all working towards the same mission of creating safer, smarter, real world pilots. But you can get even more specific. Can you be the Bonanza expert? Can you be the CSIP in your area? Can you just be the best Cessna pilot and be familiar from the 150 all the way up to the 210 and know those aircraft forward and backwards? How can you position yourself as a niche expert in your community? The tailwheel expert, the complex expert, the aerobatic expert, the seaplane expert. In fact, did you know if you went out and earned your seaplane, I hope you love the seaplane video that Jamie Beckett did a few weeks ago, that if you just simply went out and earned your seaplane rating, you are now also a seaplane CFI. Did you know that? Flight review done, and wow, now I'm a, now I'm a seaplane CFI. How cool is that? Now you need a seaplane to fly and everything else, but still you are adding to, back to my previous topic on the commercial podcast, adding to your resume and you're creating a niche. Right, that's what I want you to really focus on as you work to make yourself more valuable. There are so many airplane single engine land CFIs out there. They can all, every single one you could go hop in two, three Mike Zulu and fly it. Well, maybe, are you an expert at the Avidyne? Are you an expert at the G1000, right? Maybe you go big and maybe you say, I am gonna be the fourth most expert in G1000 NXI because that's the future. G1000 is great, but I'm the G1000 NXI guy or gal. Or how many people are you seeing that are doing aftermarket installs of the G3X or even a little older Garmin 600 kind of stuff? All of these pilots are spending 30, 40 grand to get these avionics installed, sometimes more, and they need the training and they need to know how this works in their aircraft. You can be their avionics expert you can do so well in a niche. What is your passion? What do you love teaching? You can, you can bounce around. You can be a G1000 expert and then, but still have a, a heart for bonanzas or whatever it is. You can do that, but I'm telling you, look into it. There are so many people who have niched their businesses and, they, and they've got waiting lists. If I wanted to go fly with Jerry Temple right now, I guarantee there's gonna be a waiting list. I couldn't just call him up and say, hey, I wanna go pick up the Cessna 421 tomorrow. There's gonna be a scheduling issue with that, right? Those are the things that you need to think about. How can you, to make yourself more valuable, how can you create a niche? Now it's time for comments. 
scroll down, leave me a comment or a review if you're listening to this on iTunes or Audible. But if you're on Facebook or YouTube listening to this or watching this, leave me a comment. What are some niches that you are thinking about? What are some niches you know of? What are some niches you are already in? Because niches could be nationwide. Niches could just be, I'm the Bonanza expert in Southwest Florida. That's great. I guarantee people will fly to Southwest Florida still to to fly with you um, to help them with their Bonanza because aviation is nationwide. We fly airplanes for goodness sakes. Why limit yourself to just your little home airport? Why limit yourself to just your state for goodness sakes? Those are the things to think about. Last thought I'll leave you with. I built my niche early on as the guy that people could go to to get students across the finish line who thought they would never be a pilot. I took on the students who who other CFI said they would never solo. I took on the students who other CFI said they were too old to learn to fly. I took on the students who other CFI said they're not meant to be a pilot because I was once told, maybe you're not meant to be a pilot, Jason. And I had the cool full circle karma of seeing students who were told that and then taking their picture for them as they're holding up their temporary airman certificate or cutting their shirt as they solo when they're 60 hours in and have never soloed an airplane yet. And they're wondering, why am I a 60 hour unsoloed student pilot? That was my niche for a very long time. That's why I'm able to deliver the seminar, The Secret to Perfect Landings. That's why I know for a fact those three steps work. So anyways, I don't want to get off topic with that, but find yourself a niche to make yourself a more valuable CFI. In the meantime, have a blessed, outstanding, and most importantly, an abundant rest of your day. And most importantly, remember that a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you.